Thank you for purchasing this audio product. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We believe that your faith will increase and your life changed by applying the principles in this teaching. Uh, I want to preach on Sunday nights, uh, the next Sunday, su- couple of Sunday nights that I'm with you. Um, I want to speak about the remnant and really go a bit deeper into this. Because what I've done so far is just gave you an overall view of the remnant. But I want to go into more specific things like the anointing of the remnant. I want to speak to you about how distinct they are. I want to speak to you on how they have dominion. And through all these preachings, stuff is going to be birthed in you that you're going to start seeing manifested in your life. So uh, tonight, I want to speak about the remnant's anointing and take you to a couple of scriptures. Would you please go with me to two uh, places in your Bible? First one is in Luke chapter 4. Verse number 16 to verse number, uh, what's it, 20, 21. And then I want you to go to Acts chapter number 20. Luke chapter 4, verse number 16 to 21. Can I have you all uh, say amen? Amen. This is not a Sunday morning, just by, like, by the way. Sunday night. So I need volume in them, your voices, excitement in your spirits. Amen. amen. Let's try again. Luke chapter 4, verse 16 to 21. <laughs> Praise God. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went to church. Oh, sorry. That's uh, only for Jesus, right? Hello? You want to be like Jesus? Well, let's read again. Let's start again. From verse 16. So he came to Nazareth, Jesus, where he had been brought up. And as his custom, his tradition was, he went to what? Church. Synagogue. When? I am the church. I I don't have to go to church. No, be like Jesus, okay? Just go to church. It's getting quiet in this. I'm not speaking to you. I'm I'm preaching to those. Why aren't you in church tonight? Let me just, by the way. And he stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel. He has sent me to heal the broken heart and proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then He closed the book. Gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Our youth group here is called 418. For those of you who are new, you wonder what, what does that mean? 418 stands for Luke chapter 4 verse 18. And the Spirit of the Lord... Is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. Say this with me as loud as you can. Shout, I am anointed. Can you tell the neighbor next to you that you think he's anointed? Tell them, uh, tell them you're sitting next to an anointed person. Can you skip to verse, uh, to Acts chapter 20, please? Let's go a little bit further to the right. Acts chapter 20. Um, from verse number 7. On the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people, and because he intended to leave the next day, he kept on talking until midnight. Tell the guy next to you. (laughs) Still early. There were many lamps in the upstairs, upstairs room, where they were meeting. 
Seated in a window was a young man named Eucatus, who was sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked on and on. When he was sound asleep, he fell to the ground from the third story and was picked up dead. Paul went down, threw himself on the young man and put his arms around him. And he says, do not be alert, he said. He's alive. Then he went upstairs again and broke bread and ate. After talking until daylight, he left. What's my time, Pastor Agatha? I just want to know how much time I have. The people took the young man home alive and were greatly comforted. Now, this is a beautiful portion of Scripture, and I don't know if you've ever read it, but it's a very powerful portion of Scripture. Allow me for just for a couple of minutes. I don't know if I'm going to get to that guy, but I want to speak to you about the anointing of the remnant. Say this with me one more time. One more time. I am anointed. Jesus came for us to be anointed. He did not come for us to go to church only. He came for us to be anointed. That's the reason why he came. And the most powerful churches in the world are the churches whose members, each one of them are equipped and trained to move in the power of God. The most powerful churches. The, most, the fastest growing churches are the ones where the people understand their purposes, their plans for God, what they need to do for God, and they understand that they are, are anointed. The word anointing is not a religious word. You may sit here and say, what does that word mean? It simply means this, a divine empowerment and a divine authorization. So I'm empowered and I've got authorization to do that. That's what the word anointing means. So I'm anointed tonight here to have built this church in Boxburg. God has empowered me to build a multiracial church with great leaders and great sons in the middle of, of, of Boxburg right here in Johannesburg, South Africa. To build this church, I am empowered to do this. I've been given authorization to do this. That's what anointing means. I'm anointed to do this. Some of you are anointed to do business. You have the empowerment to do business. You have the authorization to do business. Some of you have an anointing just to raise little Johnny. Because other people will kill him. <laughs> he won't survive and you won't survive. But you have an anointing to raise that kid. To raise that child. Your dad and your mom had anointing to raise you. An empowerment. An authorization to do that. So some people are anointed to, to fund the kingdom of God. They are empowered. They have authorization to do that. That's what the anointing means. I'm anointed to preach. It's my empowerment. It's my authorization to do this. I may not be as good as a businessman as you, or I may not do certain things like you do, because that's not my anointing. My anointing is different than yours, and your, your anointing is different than the person sitting next to you. Say, I'm anointed. <laughs> and so in Luke chapter 4, we see that Jesus describes his anointing. Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And then he says, because I'm anointed, empowered, authorized to preach. I'm empowered and authorized to open the eyes of the blind. I'm empowered and authorized to give, to, to open the prison doors of those who are bound. That's his anointing. It's his empowerment. You are not in this place tonight. Just an ordinary person. You are different. You are the remnant. The word remnant means different, chosen, royal, supernatural breed. That's what we are. We are different. And God comes and he describes you the following. He says you are significant. 
You are blessed. You are chosen. You are a royal priest. You are a peculiar person. You are above and not beneath. He says you are justified and you are sanctified and you are the great um, uh, businessman or the great woman of God or the great man of God. God comes and he describes your anointing and he makes a separation, a distinction between you and others. So I'm going to address the remnant in the next couple of services. Because you're going to come into an anointing where you understand. I am empowered and I've got the authorization to be different. Shout, I am different. Hmm. You are not ordinary, you are extraordinary. You are not the rule, you are the exception to the rule. Shout, I'm different. Shout, because I'm anointed. You need to get this tonight. I'm just laying the foundation because I believe that God is going to raise a remnant of young people, a remnant of churches, a remnant of business people that will be different, separated, justified, holy. You know what the word holy means? Different. The angels stand around the throne of God now and they say, holy. Why? Because they see a different aspect of God every time they look at him. Oh, I didn't see that. Wow. That's holy. Holy. Since the beginning of creation up till now, all they seeing, see about God is He's different. That person sitting next to you tonight is the one that God has called. He or she is different. They are not ordinary people. They are extraordinary people. Come on, how many of you believe that you are extraordinary? That you are different? That you are distinct? No one like you. God takes you out of the crowd and he makes you the exception to the rule. The price of the remnant is to be alone. The price of the remnant is to be distinct. You don't look like the others. You don't act like the others. Others lose their tempers. Others lose businesses. Others lose this. Others lose Not you because you are distinct in your call. Shout one more time. I'm anointed. So God is calling you to be different. And some of you are going through isolations and you thought what is going on with me is because God is setting you apart. Let's look at King David quickly. King David, a unique king. Extraordinary. One of the remnant. To be a shepherd boy is to be common. But God took him out of his common industry and place him into another industry and he make a distinct separation and say you will no longer be a shepherd you're going to be a king he ran away and he hid in a cave with 200 broke people don't read it stuck in a cave with 200 broke depressed sick men But when they came out of that cave, the Bible says, David and his mighty men came out. So here's what you need to see about this whole thing. Because unique people, different people, when they come into the the presence of greatness, of people who are distinct, something happens in them. They don't become like the crowd. The crowd becomes like them. David went in with 200 broke, depressed, sick, feeble men, the Bible says. When he came out with those 200 men, they were mighty. They conquered kingdoms. They conquered provinces. They killed every man. And the Bible says the people heard about the voices or the triumphs of David and his mighty men. And they were afraid when these mighty men came. What is on you? You don't know what you carry, man. When I walk into the presence of people, I am not going to let them affect me. I'm going to take a person that's broke, depressed, discouraged, and one once you leave my presence as the remnant, you're going to become a mighty man and a mighty woman of God.
You can sit in the back like Deacon Neville, broke, no job, nothing. But when you come into this presence, the remnant's atmosphere places a demand upon you to change. Shout on the remnants. The cave, listen to this, the cave, the name of the cave where David was, was, was hiding is called Adalim, which means the place of the squeeze. <laughs> How many of you have been squeezed a little bit this year? <laughs> uh, squeezed in your money, squeezed in your marriage, squeezed in the prison, squeezed spiritually. But when you're done with the squeezing, if I take an orange tonight, what is the glory of an orange? The juice. How do you get the juice? You want the glory of me? Let the pressure come. Let the, let the stuff squeeze me. The devil is not going to get just a little bit. I am coming out. I'm the remnant. Listen, if you take a hose pipe and you just open the tap and you can open it full force, that water is just going to go. The moment you put your thumb in front of that thing and put some... Some pressure, you squeeze that thing, that water squirts. Shh. I'm telling you, the devil tried to kill you, tried to silence you, tried to shut you out. But the more he squeezed, the more the glory was coming out. Come on, if you've been squeezed this year, praise God a little bit for your breakthrough that's coming. Hallelujah. Say, I'm not normal. Your power is not being the same as anybody else. Your power is in the difference. Why do you go to a restaurant? Now, I'm not talking about just takeaways. I'm talking about you're going to go on a date with a restaurant. Why do you choose that restaurant? Because it's different. It's different than the 18,000 KFCs. They've got a different menu than the 200,000 McDonald's. You go to a restaurant who's different. Serves a different thing. You must be different. You cannot, and I want you to hear me tonight. Listen to this. You cannot be exceptional and fight ordinary battles. Exceptional people don't fight ordinary fights. Ordinary people fight. I'm in traffic. I'm stuck with a flat tire. But the remnant or those people, extraordinary, they hold on for dear life because they know if I let go, I'm done. They're fighting to keep on breathing, fighting for their marriages, fighting for financial breakthroughs. How many of you know what I'm talking about here tonight? Extraordinary people. If God doesn't come through in the next 10 days, I'm done. They fight extraordinary battles. They don't fight ordinary stuff. Ordinary people are, oh, it's raining, stuck in traffic, bit late. That's their battles. We are not part of that. Shut I'm not normal. Shut I'm anointed. Shut I'm anointed. Woo! Come on, nearly there. I'm nearly there. The remnant fights different battles. And, and in this season, you'll see that God brings a distinct separation between His people and other people. Look, look at this. When God went to, to Pharaoh and His children are in Israel, uh, in Egypt, excuse me. His children are stuck in Egypt with Pharaoh. System that we are in today. The Egyptian system. We work as slaves with masters and managers over us. You work hard to bring your own money just back to the government. Let me not go there, but that's just where we are. Israel's stuck in that system. And the Bible says that Pharaoh's heart was hard. Increase the tax, increase the systems, 
You'll work harder. You'll work later hours. And he increased it more and more. And God interrupts. And, and he said this to, to Pharaoh. He says, I'm going to show you that my people are different than your people. I'm going to sing 10 plagues. <laughs> this, this is so crazy. And God sends plagues to bring distinction between the Egyptians and the children of Israel. And, and he sends that first plague of flies. Millions of flies. Three million people, Israelites, walking, and all of a sudden it becomes dark and it just flies. And the Egyptians, the flies goes in their noses, in their ears, in their eyes, everywhere. But the child of God standing next to the guy, not one fly. Everywhere the children of God walk, no flies. No flies. God said, I'm going to show you, Pharaoh. It will hit your people. But upon my people, there will be no flies coming. That, I'm talking about the remnants. The remnant are distinct. They separated. They're different. They're holy people. Peculiar people. Come on, if the remnants in the house, shout amen. Shout, I am distinct. So God says, Pharaoh, okay, you are still hard. Let me help you a little bit here. I'm going to send a plague of darkness upon you, upon your people. And I'm going to tell you that my people will be in Goshen. And upon them, they will be light. So in the evening, when the, or not in the evening, there was just darkness. Pitch black. Nothing. But everywhere. The children of the Lord goes. They had light upon them. Do you get the plagues was there to bring distinction between the Egyptians and the people of God? Yes, darkness may cover the earth. Darkness will fill the earth. But upon my people, it shall not come. And I'm telling you tonight, there is a remnant that carries an anointing upon them that when it's dark out there, their light shines brighter. Come on, when the flies come, they will not be affected by demonic attacks. Where's the remnant in the house? here tonight hallelujah Pharaoh I'm going to send the death angel every firstborn will be killed but upon my children where the blood of the lamb is on the doorposts upon that house upon that business that death angel will not come and they went and they took a lamb and they sacrificed the lamb placed the blood on the doorpost and that death angel came oh you're a child of God Egyptian the bombs may explode on airports but you'll walk out there with some dust How did you survive? I don't know. That's the remnant I'm talking about here. Come on, come on. The death shall not hold us. Death shall not conquer us. We will stand up as the supernatural remnant. Shout out anointed. I'm telling you stuff should have killed you. That car accident should have killed you. That cancer should have killed you. That divorce should have taken you out. That bankruptcy should have shut you down. But somehow you survive because of the blood that is upon your life. Somebody shout the blood of Jesus. It's not that we are better, it's that we are different. You have to excuse me a little bit because I am different. I'm not normal. I think differently. I act differently. I'm a crazy person. But yes, the one thing I want to tell you, I'm the remnant. 
The world may go under, but my God shall supply in all of my needs. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, uh, you must bow down. They say, no. We are not like all you people. Yeah, but I'm your king. You must hear what I say. Whatever I tell you to do, you'll do. No. I'm not like you. I will not serve your God. I'm not going to be drunk like your uncle. I'm not going to. I'm not going to be drug and drug addict like your sister. I am different in my family. Yeah, you go to church. Yes, I go to the house of the Lord. I praise in the house of the Lord. I serve in the house of the Lord. I'm different. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Different. Put them in the fire. The Bible says they opened the fiery furnace and even the soldiers died. So hot. Put them in there. King says, uh, go and check if they're still alive. I don't know how the, f- the furnace looked like. All I know, the Bible says, is that the general looked through the window on top of the furnace. So he goes... sure you put three guys in? Yeah. Shadrach, Mishnah. He says, but they are four and, and, and they walking and they clapping hands and it looks like they are praising the living God. As a matter of fact, there is a a fourth guy in that fire that looks like the son of the living God. I'm here to tell you tonight that you are different. The fire may get hot, seven times hotter, but the son of God is going to appear tonight in your fire and he's going to take your hand and he's going to walk with you through to the other side. Hallelujah. Come on, I wish I had about 200 people, remnant people that can shout, I am anointed. I'm different. This church is different. Your churches are different. The children of Israel came through on the dry ground. The Bible says dry ground. All others got stuck. They came through because they are the ring. Let me close with Acts chapter 20. I want to give a subtitle, a subtitle to this to this message. The Remnants Anointing Part 1. Subtitle. I'm tired of this church. I got your attention for a little bit. Let me preach this thing. I'm tired of the church. I spoke to you about two weeks ago that I'm tired of the ship. S-H-I-P. Tonight I want to tell you I'm tired of this church. Globally. A woman came to a pastor and she said to him, I'm leaving the church. Because everybody gossips. Everybody speaks about me. The men in the building they always look at me funny. They gossip about me. The youth always distracts the service. 
the sound is very loud. The children just run around. I'm going to leave the church and find another church. Pastor said this, I will let you go and bless you if you do me one favor. Please take this cup of water and walk three times around the church building. If you don't spill one drop, I'll bless you to go. So she took the glass of water. She walks around the building once, twice, and the, th- and, and the third time she came back. Didn't spill one drop. So he says, thank you so much. And before I pray for you, I just want to ask you this. Did you see any gossipers while you were walking with the glass of water? <laughs> Did you see any young people distracting you? Did you see any men flirting with you? Did you see any kids disrespecting you? She says, no. He said, why? Because your focus wasn't on them. Your focus was here, not to spill. If you can get your focus right and stop worrying about what Sister X has to say and Brother So has to say and the band has to do and Pastor Nikki has to do and focus on your own salvation then we will have a move of the Holy Ghost that this nation have not seen. I'm, I'm tired of the church. Leaving from one place to another because so and so said this and so and so have done this. And there was a, a little video clip and I'm not going to show you now because it will disturb what I want to do. But there's a video clip on, on YouTube where they gave a seven-year-old little guy the microphone and says, come and testify. He took the mic and he says, I'm tired of this church. And he walked off as if he needs to go somewhere. And all the people go, I know. But it was such a profound statement. Seven-year-old. I'm tired of the church. This church. Because here's the fact. That most people say in the, in, in, in the stats being released that the church has become irrelevant. The church is silent on abortions. We're silent on same-sex marriages. We're silent on, on human trafficking. The church is silent on the prison pipeline that's being created. The church is silent on global warming. The church is silent about, about entrepreneurship. Church is silent about um, infant mortality. We are silent about autism. Silent about racism. All the people here when they come to churches, another cake sale. Another this. I'm tired. This church worldwide that is silent on matters that should matter. And I believe that the reason why we have a democratic demographic generation that is going lost is that the church is irrelevant, and secondly, that the church is intimidated. Because we close our minds, but we open our mouths. I see it the whole time. Speak to politicians and government officials. We're easy to say stuff. Open your mouth. But we don't have any knowledge. We just want to shabba, shabba, shine you with my spotlight and fall. (laughs) And not make an impact. In the lives of people. Because we, 
we kill, we, 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 we destroy things we don't comprehend. The next generation that's coming is going to look different. They're going to have the pink hair with piercings in their, ear, in their eyes. Don't criticize a guy who has weed, smell like weed. Because some of these guys know the Bible better than some Bible college students. And so the church has become irrelevant. No, don't, you don't, no, 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 don't come to church. I'm not going to invite my friend because, you know, he doesn't look like, like me. He's not acting like me. We need to become the church of the living God. Jesus was the friend of sinners. He loved the world so much. He loved the broken hearts. He loved those who went through messes in their lives and restores them. That's the kingdom we are talking about. And the remnant with the anointing upon them will not be irrelevant or intimidated. We will go into the marketplace. We will speak like Jesus. We will do the things like Jesus. We will have the wisdom of God. We will have the knowledge of God. We will not just fall under the power and shabba shabba. No, we're going to have the anointing of the Holy Ghost upon us to change communities and cities for God. That's what I'm talking about. There is something wrong if you go to a church and the name of the pastor is more mentioned than the name of Jesus. Motivational speaking has replaced the gospel of Jesus Christ. Entertainment has replaced praise and worship. Come on, I'm talking about replacements in the church. I'm tired of all that replacements. The power of God must come back. The anointing must come back. The fear of God must come back. The power preaching of the Word of God must come back in the house of God. Tired of the church. Motivational here. 30 seconds here. 5 seconds there. 30 minutes here. And the, and the pastor is bigger than Jesus. I'm talking about a church, talking about a remnant who operates with power, who operates with glory, who operates with signs and wonders and miracles and bring deliverance to the people of God. Before I close, let me just tell you, I still get joy when I think about what the Lord has done for me. I still get excited to see where He brought me from, where I, He brought me out of the miry clay, and He placed my feet on the rock to stay. I'm still excited to see people change, their lives change because of the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. This man, Eucharist, four things quickly and I'm, I need to have my peanut butter sandwich. Eucharist, his name, this man sitting in the window sill while Paul was preaching. Listen to this. Paul had a message, but the package was wrong. He preached the whole night. The word of God. He spoke about Jesus, how he saw Jesus. Powerful. But the package was wrong. And the guy sitting there in the gallery, three stories up, says like this, he's so late. Jesus, you've preached about faith, or Paul, sorry, you preach about faith, grace, power. You've done all your series tonight. It's midnight. And you keep on going. The, the prompter is flickering. <laughs> Service managers are, ah, oh, another one. Here we go again. Paul is preaching. At Eucharist, here's the interesting thing. Are you ready for this? This young man sitting there listening to Paul. He had... The ability, the opportunity, nothing stopped him to leave the church. 
Nobody told him to stay there. He could have gone. <laughs> it's like, why didn't you go? If you're tired, go home. Why do you sit in sleeping church? <laughs> Sitting there, coming to church, falling asleep. He could have left. Before I take you a little bit further, there are someone sitting next to you that, that could have left a long time ago. They could have, they, about two rows behind you, there are somebody sitting that said, I'm done with church. I'm done with gospel. I'm done with Christianity. I'm done with all this. Where is God in this? He's never answered me in any way. Where is the Lord? They're sitting right here. Some of you didn't want to come to church tonight. But you stay. You're here. And there are people in this place tonight that I'm speaking to. That you have no idea what people go through. But they stay. I, I may not clap my hands tonight. And I may not lift my hands up. And I may not hug you like I want to hug you. But I'm here. Just like all you girls. I'm here. I don't want to be anywhere else. If I die, I die in the presence of God. But I'm not going to get out of the house of the Lord. How many people am I talking about that says, I actually would have given up a long time ago, but I'm still here. I'm still hanging on. I'm still holding on. I felt like I was dying, but I'm holding on. And then the Bible says this. Oh. He fell three stories. Three stories. He came out of worship, heard the word, and fell. <laughs> Guaranteed, there are some of them here tonight that you've worshipped, You've heard the word, but before this night is over, you have fallen somewhere with something. I only want to speak to those people for a couple of minutes. The rest, you're all good. Let me just help you. Those people that feel like Eucharist. Like, I'm just here, man. I, I took my last petrol money to get you. I actually don't want to be. I don't like that guy in, rock, in block C. But I'm here. I have actually given up, but I'm here. I've heard the word and I've worshipped, but I keep on falling. To somebody here? The righteous may fall. Seven times, but they do get up again. I've been there, done that. Been in the presence of God, heard the word of God, walk out and fall. I don't trip over myself. I fall three stories. And you hit flat bottom, rock bottom. And the Bible says this, that Paul, the apostle Paul, I love the whole story. I don't know if you've ever seen the story, but it's so powerful, the story. It says here that Paul, in verse number 11, 12, he says here that Paul saw him and went down. Paul preaching. They worshipped. We are one in the Spirit. I'm preaching. The remnant's anointing. You walk out here. The Bible says Paul saw it. He ran down three stories. All the steps goes down to him. Look at what verse, I think it's verse 11 or 12. Just check it out for me. He says, and he, Paul went down. Yeah, there it is, verse 10. Threw himself on the young man. Put his arms around him. And all of a sudden he stands up and says, don't worry. He's alive. And he goes back. Three stories. So before I get to the, my, my last point, 
How powerful is this? Is that the Bible says this, he threw himself on him, covered him. Let me speak to those who have fallen. Those who feel like they're down and out, they, they, they can't carry on, they feel there's no more hope, they feel like that there's nothing, there's no more hope for them. I'm here to tell you that God is coming to you tonight from the third heaven, walking down, shh, and He's going to lay upon you, and you're going to breathe again, you're going to live again. The anointing of the Holy Ghost will come upon you, and you will be revived again. Shout amen if you believe it here tonight. Come on, on the gallery, shout amen. What I love is this. I love this. Paul didn't just stand there. And he didn't say, hey, come, come, in the name of Jesus. He just did it a couple of chapters ago. Healed people. He could have stood on the third story and said, stand up. Be healed. But he went down to them. Here's the thing. God is coming to you where you have fallen. And there he picks you up. I need to close. Verse 12 says this. Look at verse number 12. The people took the young man home alive and was greatly comforted. And they took bread and ate it. As if nothing has happened. I mean, that dude just died. Resurrected. And the Bible says, the next verse is, he ran up. (laughs) Took the bread, peanut butter, syrup. Come on, guys, let's carry on with the service. And the young man went home praising the Lord. It was a normal thing to get the people raised from the dead. I'm tired of the church that is dead. Nothing happening. I'm telling you the dead shall be raised again. The blind shall see again. The power of God is coming again to pick up the restore, to restore people back to the place where they should be. Everyone who has fallen, I'm here to resurrect you. Bring you up in the power of God and bring you back to the place of authority in the name of Jesus. Everybody stand and praise the Lord for one minute in this house for your restoration. One minute, one minute of decent praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, you only on 20 seconds. Praise Him for your restoration. Praise Him for your breakthrough. Praise Him for the miracle. Praise Him that He's coming to get you tonight. Come on. Is that the best you can do? I'm alive. I'm coming back. Jesus is helping me tonight. Hallelujah. Come on. Five, four, Praise Him for your healing. Praise Him for your miracle. Hallelujah. I want to say this, Nikki. I don't know where you are in the building. But every young person listening to me and every young uh, youth leader watching this program. The Bible says that this young man got alive again. I believe that this generation... The 13s till the 18, 21 years, there's coming a mighty revival upon the young people of this nation and a a global revival is coming. Check this out. We have kids in children's ministry. Praise God, our church is very balanced. But I've seen this. They have children in children's ministry and they have um, the old age people and maybe middle age. But on Friday nights, there's not even a youth service. They've lost a whole generation. 418 happening on a Friday night here. If you have children from 13 to 21, I mean Ezra, he's in his 20s, he's here. Because we're not as youth, we come to impart. Quincy is here, he comes to impart. 
Wesley and Felicia is here. We are older, mature. We are here to train the younger generation because we understand that the young generation will not be lost. We sow into them because your children will serve God. Your kids will serve the Lord. Come on, a new revival is coming to young people in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now I want to pray for you in this house. And I want to release the anointing of the remnant upon you. Father, I've preached tonight what you've asked me to do. And now I pray that the remnant's anointing will come upon your people in a supernatural way. Those of them that feel like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, show up, oh God. Reveal yourself. Those who are surrounded by common things, pull them into the place like King David, into the realm of the supernatural. Bring us through on dry ground, God. Raise up a remnant that will not get tired in well doing. I release a fresh anointing upon your people to be distinct. In Jesus' name. Now say this with me. I am, I am anointed. anointed. I, am different. I am different. I am chosen. I'm chosen. I have favor. I have favor. Everywhere I go. Everywhere I go. I do extraordinary things. I do extraordinary things. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now just close your eyes and ask the Lord and the Holy Spirit to come and just impart into you. I want to take one or two minutes. That you can just be with the Lord and just forget about the things around you, please. And say, God, I need a new anointing. I need a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. Some of you are like this man, Eucharist, that just holding on for dear life. Maybe you have fallen, but the Holy Ghost is there to pick you up again, to bring you back to the place of restoration in Jesus' name. For two minutes. Then I'm going to leave you and let you go. I want you to find a place where you can meet with God as the remnant. Our worship is not like the rest. You can kneel down by your seat. You can stand. You can lift your hands. You can cry. You can lay prostrate before God. I really don't want you to sing what we sing. We are here just to give you the background music. I want you to connect. Connect with God. For more information on products, please visit our website or send us an email. All the details are on the back of the product pack.